expense in a sports memory. I got the panty royalties on this one. <laughs> so what is that song? That song is entitled Fight to Tunisia. This is a sports memory podcast. This one's for you, Tunisia. How long is the flight to Tunisia? Tunisia? Uh, I assume you have to go through Germany. That's a long-ass <laughs> flight. <laughs> Well, this is a song about that flight. It's the Sports Memory Podcast. So, I got some bad news for a large segment of America. Really large segments of Florida. If you're standing up listening to this podcast right now, you might want to sit down. Especially if your name is like Clint or I'm not really sure. But Bubba. Bubba? Lloyd. Oh no, no. Actually, if your name's Bubba, you're against it. Ironic, right? <laughs> I, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's a, that's kind of ironic. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so, biggest news of the week. We latch on to any fucking news we can get here, the sports memory podcast. But the biggest news of the week by far is that NASCAR will no longer allow Confederate flags at their events. Shocker. I mean, that's... Confederate flags and NASCAR, they go together like, I don't know, Brandon and Boofing. Brandon and Boofing. (laughs) It's a a safe haven for racists no more. (laughs) Couldn't have thought something better. So, what's your thoughts, guys? Did did you ever think that that shit would happen? Like, I mean, no. Did I ever think that would happen? No, I did not. Uh, do I think it's ridiculous that it's taken this long? Yes. Uh, yeah, I do. Like, it's it's. I, I've never understood the infatuation. Like, uh, the th- this is the crowd that hates participation trophies more than anything, and they fly the flag of the losing side so proudly. Like, nope. it just it makes no sense. It's our heritage, right? It's like, okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was your heritage until the KKK adopted it. Right. Then it became a symbol of hate. Yeah. There's just no way around that. Like, if you want to get mad at anybody, yeah, get mad at the KKK. Like, leave that shit alone. Well, I've always, I've always thought it was funny. Like, it would be like an OG, like a person that can trace their roots of America back to the 1600s, who still flies like a British flag. Like, fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. This is my heritage. This is my he- no. This is my heritage. Right. Well, this is my heritage. You know what's interesting though? Uh, so they they're talking about like this kind of goes into the military bases too. So the army, same time, they're they're gonna consider renaming a lot of the bases that were named after confederate generals um one of them being fort fort hood in texas and somebody's like oh i just assume mount hood is, is named after the same person no do you know who, who mount hood's named after nope a british no. naval officer that fought against the against america in the revolution oh <laughs> interesting so apparently we just do it all the way back from our, our the start of our history like just, let's just name stuff after losers dude so joining we're actually recording this from florida the heart of the confederate flag world um but we got uh, remotely checking in with us, uh, Mr. Brandon Brister. And Brandon, you're, you've lived up north you're almost your entire life. So what are your thoughts on the Confederate flag? I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I mean, it's, it's hysterical that it, that it still exists. Uh, I, I don't connect with it, obviously. Uh, it's not something that you see fly too prominently in, in the Midwest here. But Indianapolis is the racing capital of the world. It's the largest racing event 
um, with the Indianapolis 500. And you see a shit ton of those flying during that event. Right. Uh, this, this topic dominated sports talk and the people that called in almost sounded exactly like you did, uh, during, during the intro, um, just to mimic what Derek and, um, and the booth King were saying, how has this not <laughs> happened already? Um, it's, it's remarkable that it hasn't. Yeah. And it, again, it'll, it'll be, it'll be really interesting because the Indianapolis 500 said it will not happen without fans. Now, obviously IndyCar and NASCAR are different, um, different entities. So I'm not sure if IndyCar will follow suit. Uh, but a lot of people were really upset here. Um, I didn't know we had that many people that cared that much about the Confederate flag in Indiana. Oh, so it was a major conversation. Oh, so you're not even talking. There's actually people that are upset there. Oh yeah. No, it, it dominated sports talk this, this afternoon. Ooh, I feel man. like, I feel like anything right now dominates sports talk though. Like it could have been like, I wonder how much this would have gotten attention national wide attention. Right. Um, if there were actual live sports going on right now. <laughs> well, so, um, uh, Indiana, birthplace of in, of Larry Bird, right? Yep. So also birthplace of the KKK. Interesting Martinville, fact. Indiana. Yep. Interesting fact. Uh, Indiana is is actually a great state. A lot of my family is from Indiana, but there's a lot of not great things about Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Indianapolis, though, is is just a, a a phenomenal area. I'm 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 a little bit surprised by their reactions there. Yeah. Uh, again, Southern Indiana. Kentucky, they believe they're the South. Um, some, I mean, I, it makes sense that they can't understand geography because there's no <laughs> way they're actually part of the South, but they they believe they are. So um, again, it surprised me, but then again, you know, that's a very passionate fan base. They they care very much about their sport and what they're what they represent. So it, it's kind of playing right into their hands. Um, a sensitive subject like that. Yeah, and. In- that's the thing is like what flags are important to you guys? <laughs> right. Like you told me I can't fly a flag at a Vikings game. I'll probably be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's that, even people who like love state flags. Like yeah. those people have always confused me. You see the Florida state flag everywhere. Um, I, I don't, you see I the just, Colorado flag everywhere. You see those bumper yeah. stickers, yeah, like windshield stickers. For the Outside of like the stars everywhere. and stripes where, when appropriate, again, I'm not like, I, I've always cringed at people that wear it as clothing and you know, some of those other, that's the, that's the funny thing to me too, is all the people who want respect for the flag, but then like wear it as clothing, which super clearly says don't do that. Um, some people just get so obsessed with the, like these, these symbols. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like, yep. that, that's how I feel about it. Like the, like, you know, what Drew said is if somebody was like, okay, you want to go to this NASCAR event? Uh, you can't bring that flag. I'd be like, yeah, leave it in the car. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever percent sure is like, be like me being like, man, I want a bag that's over X amount of ounces and isn't clear, like like just raging against that. Like that's my freedom. No, right, it's not your freedom. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly, I, I've always kind of been a believer of letting uh, people just exercise their stupidity. Um, so you know that that is that is one thing that I've always hey let people fly Confederate flags because it just makes it easier to um, kind of indicate exactly who's the idiot in the crowd, uh, who I need to stay away from. I've never been to a NASCAR event. I've certainly never been to a NASCAR event as uh, African-American, so I don't know what that's like. I, don't think but I, like yeah. I imagine that's pretty aggressively <laughs> awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely probably uncomfortable to say the least. Right, yeah. right. 
All right, so that's the biggest news. <laughs> hey, that's 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 that, that's where we're at with sports, and that's the biggest news. We're uh, we're almost out of the quarantine. We're 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 so close to real live sports. And dude, I think that might be the only time we ever address anything related to NASCAR ever, ever, <laughs> ever. No, but that's that's what I was saying. Like this is something where if that breaks at nine o'clock in the morning, uh, in October when everything's kicking, all the major sports are kicking. That's that's newsworthy, headline newsworthy for like two hours. Yep. And then people are onto something like, what did LeBron tweet this afternoon? Barely. But like right now, like that's, that's like, yeah, <laughs> that's like a three day story. What day is it? It's Tuesday. What kind of tacos is <laughs> kind of already over the Confederate thing? What kind of tacos is LeBron eating? Exactly. Um, so it is a sports memory podcast. I'm your host, Drew Forbes. Uh, we're joined today remotely from Indianapolis with Mr. Brandon Brister and also Derek Black and the for the first time ever on the podcast, we have the Booth King himself, Mr. Oh, Brandon oh, Taylor. Oh, 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 oh. Did we decide on Brandon Taylor as your fake name for the, for the page? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Fuck it. Whatever. So, Let's roll with that. So we figured uh, why the sports are a little light. It's a perfect time to have Brandon on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple episodes ago, we actually fanbushed uh, Brandon, and uh, he was at a grocery store, and he was, like, distracted. He listened to it afterwards, and he was like, hey, Fuck you guys. <laughs> like, Started wait, off the call. You made, like, you made fun of me. Yeah. Well, well, what can I expect? It's a fucking sports memory. <laughs> you fucking hang out with you fuckers. But uh, yeah, started off the call. It's called the worst Bucks fan I know. Ring, ring, ring. You goddamn fucking, right. Fucking sons of bitches. I, I think initially I was actually going to call Trevor and then I, I switched it. So to be fair, I didn't mean that comment towards 100% you. hundred percent while the call was happening. I was listening, and I was like, he's calling Trevor. Mm-hmm. He's calling Trevor. Yeah. And then the answer is fucking me. I'm like, oh, go figure. It's just, it's it's unfortunate that, you know, there, we have like five Bucks fans, and three of yeah. them could be all called the worst Bucks fans. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the nature of, we all run in packs. Of Bucks, Bucks fandom. Fans. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Shitty fans. Shitty fans. At least we're fans, though, and we're not Newman, right? It's I true. Mean, he, he's not yeah. even a fan. He doesn't qualify. Have you, know, you know what pisses me off the most about Newman? Is that we call him out? And he doesn't even try and defend himself. No, oh, that's the worst it. thing. He just rolls over and takes it. He no, loves it. But like, I think maybe he just realized he can't defend himself. And we're <laughs> we're referring to another member of the Sports Memory Podcast, or the yeah, who has two different uh, football teams, which is sacrilegious, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't. I, I've never understood that. There's you know supporting certain teams or like oh yeah I don't care if they win or you know I'll watch them for entertainment value but you can't be a fan of two teams period you can't so it happened big time in Indianapolis when Peyton Manning went to Denver a lot of people were like I'm a Colts fan but I root for Peyton Manning yeah. like, no fuck off See, like, it, it, choose your fucking battles exactly. you you don't get to do both dude and they're fucking doing that in new in New England and dude yep. you you know Derek's a New England fan. So, so my, my girlfriend's brother asked me the other day, like, oh, you know, you know, watch some Bucks games. I'm like, no, and he's like, <laughs> Never. he's like, but, but they have Brady and Gronk. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about those guys. Like what? <laughs> they don't play for New England. I don't give a fuck about them. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Makes you a real fan. So coming from a franchise that's lost four Super Bowls and never won one. I think I'd have a little bit of a man crush on, on Brady, even if he left. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't. While he's my- active, I don't give a shit about him. Once he retires, he, he'll get the warm and fuzzies again. But right now, he, he's an opponent. Ooh, wow. dude, Derek, right. you know All what? Right. Derek's asserting himself so hard. He's yeah. trying to. He's trying to act like a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> Laying it down. 
Dude, you can't be a real fan if you've grown up your entire adult and teenage and like preteen life watching Tom Brady. It's not even fucking fair. No, I I've been I've been on the record for a few years saying I can't wait till we suck so I can actually like earn my fandom. That's right. Because I haven't earned it. I yeah. I mean I've I, my first my first memories are like ninety six, uh, Green Bay Super Bowl, and then ninety seven we're we're good. We have we have we have the uh, we have Coates, we have Bledsoe, we have Mar- Martin. Uh, Law, McGinnis, Slade, like it just goes on. Ted Johnson, like it goes on and on. Like we've been good pretty much my entire life. So I'm ready to earn this thing. Okay. Call me a bad friend. Are you also a Celtics, Bruins, and Red Sox fan? None like, of the who above. Are your other. No. So we moved. So we moved to Florida in 90, 95. So uh, the the Lightning were a team for three years. Jumped on that bandwagon. Uh, the Rays would be a team two years later. So we jumped on that bandwagon. Uh, my parents were never into hockey or baseball. I kind of figured that I was my own, you know, no, you new young teams when I'm just moved to the area. So I went that way. Not really a basketball fan. Uh, I mean, I'll root for the Celtics because, you know, you got to pick a team in the playoffs and they're usually in the playoffs and, you know, the Boston sports heritage kind of thing, but um, not a super basketball fan. I only watch the playoffs. Gotcha. Well, let's go to the news folks. So um, outside of the Confederate flag nonsense, um, Nonsense. So needed. Yeah. So past due. Um, it's not even a story. It should have happened years ago. Uh, the Dalvin Cook holdout is another huge story this week. Um, and it really kind of brings into focus an issue that's been mounting with the NFL, which is that, you know, I feel like teams these days, you know, they, they've realized do not spend money on running backs. Yeah. And so apparently an offer was made to Dalvin Cook. And up to this point, Dalvin Cook was completely paying ball. Because I what what I think is that the Vikings front office made were just like, hey, don't worry, we're gonna take care of you. We're gonna take care of you. Well, I guess they made an offer in the last couple of weeks, and Dalvin Cook's agent must have immediately said, Ah, if that's where they're at, we need to we need to draw a line in the sand. So Interesting topic. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Dalvin Cook situation? Uh, if you were the Vikings, would you sign him? Another year, another running back holdout, right? Last year was Gordon and, and Zeke. year before that was Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it, this is almost getting to be an annual thing with running backs. Um, I don't, I don't think league. it stops anytime soon either. It's no, just- no. It, it, until the league adjusts or or the position just becomes devalued and, and over time there just isn't the – quality of athlete at that position you're right it's not going to end um and sad to say i wouldn't pay delvin cook um that's that's insane um because of how good he is but we've we've discussed this the the valuation of running backs on this podcast and and for those that have listened know that i'm not for it yeah it's, it's a it's a tough situation because one it's it's not a super valuable position from an overall standpoint Granted, you can get a lot of wins, a lot of productivity out of the position. You look at like McCaffrey single-handedly carrying that offense last year. Um, but the, the problem is is there's a lot of uncertainty, and there's there's a short shelf life. Um, even though he was mostly healthy in, in, in college, he's had some issues staying healthy in the pros. Granted, it was kind of an isolated incident, and then the normal soft tissue issues that come after a knee. But he spent half of his pro career banged up. Are you in a position where you can invest in a guy like that right now? If you're the Vikings, that puts you in a tough situation. And, and they already kind of bit off more than they could chew with the Kirk Cousins situation. Uh, so they don't have a lot of options. And, and I, I think I'm curious to know what the number is. 
Um, it had to be pretty egregious if they just all of a sudden out of the blue were like, hey, uh, we're, we're done. Like, we need a new deal or we're out of here. Um, but there's not a lot of teams. Uh, you handcuff yourself if you pay too much of that position. I, I wonder if a lot of those guys that could play running back in the future become wide receivers where they can play a little longer um, because there's a lot of really talented running backs who are playing the majority of their career on a rookie deal and not really getting that big payday. Um, you know who he kind of reminds me of is uh, DeMarco Murray. Yeah. You remember DeMarco Murray early in his career? He was so electric when he was on the field, but he couldn't stay on the field. Um, DeMarco Murray, by the way, is the, um, he has the most, like he's, Ezekiel Elliott has never surpassed DeMarco Murray's best season. So when DeMarco Murray was on the field, he was electric. Uh, that's exactly how Dalvin Cook is. Um, 100% he suffered an unfortunate injury. You know, ACL on turf, it was just the, a weird way that he stepped. Had that not happened, who knows what would have happened with his career. And so it's 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 a little bit unfair. But at the same time, if you're the Vikings, and I'm a Vikings fan, you have Alexander Madison, who's your backup, who by far is the best backup running back in the league. Um, like, he, he is like, if you're going into fantasy this year, um, he's like running back 1.1A. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, I don't know if you guys watched him at all last year. He looks like he can be a lead back, like a three down back. So when you got a guy like that behind you, it makes things very murky. Murky Is Dalvin Cook amazing when he's on the field? 100%. He is absolutely electric. He's a home run hitter. He changes the game. He's the best player on the Vikings, quite frankly. Um, and that's weird. But when he's on the field, that's the problem is he's not on the field a lot. So to ask the Vikings to pay, you know, top dollar. And from what I've heard, you know, he's wanted to be paid like a top five back. He is a top five back when he's on the field. And so that's tough. So I looked up DeMarco Murray real quick. So think of the productivity that the career he had, the years in Dallas, Philly. He was okay for a period of time in, in Tennessee. Well, how much do you think he made it for his career? Money-wise? Yeah. $54 million yeah. in his entire NFL career, pre-tax, pre-agent, pre-everything. Ouch. Yeah. And you're talking about, I mean, you compare that to some other, a journeyman offensive lineman who is kind of just is, is there. Your fifth best offensive lineman is is destroying that number. So it's just a position. It, it's tough. I mean, his most productive years, he only, in three years with the Cowboys, he made $2.5 million. And he had a lot of productivity with the Cowboys. It's, 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 it's a tough situation because you can't, that's one position does not get paid for past performance. Um, and unfortunately a lot of guys are their most explosive straight out of, out of college. Zeke, like you, know, you talked about Zeke. Is he already on the decline? Is, is he already kind of wavering? And, and what does his you know next situation look like beyond this deal? They gave him a ton of money. Do they end up regretting that? Oh yeah. They definitely do. How do you pay your running back before your quarterback? I'm not even a Dak fan. Yeah. And still, I've, I I absolutely hated the Zeke. Just, I agree. In the NFL, I think the answer is they need to redefine rookie contracts for running backs. I agree. It needs to be a little bit higher. And, dude, there's going to be other positions that complain because there are other positions that fizzle out very quickly as well. I would say either that or make some kind of shift back to some more guaranteed money. You're going to see guys holding out for guaranteed money. So the, so the, the, like the crazy thing, you know, talk about that on, on that DeMarco Murray deal. He left just shy of $13 million on the table uh, because he retired from injury. He just couldn't, his body couldn't take it anymore. And he left, he left thir- half of his, his last contract on the table. 
Well, maybe that's something they should address in the CBA. Oh, wait, it's already done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. you, you can't do a, a positional sliding scale for money. It, it guaranteed is kind of the only I mean, they already have it with go. the franchise tag, though. That's why you see Jimmy Graham trying to convince everybody he's a wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think there's, there's some factors that they can play in, maybe even if it is like based on a percentage of, of what is guaranteed. But either that or, or just come out and say, hey, we don't care how electric of an athlete you are. Um, this is the way the NFL is heading. It's by committee. We're not going to make not any, these teams aren't going to make investments in these guys, and you're going to see them play wide receiver, which is good too. I mean, just I think the guys just need to know what the what the game looks like. Well, Drew, speak, is, is this his last year, or does he have two more years? This is his last year. So this is his last year because we draft him in the second round, which was a steal. But man, the Vikings probably wish we got him in the first at this point. Um, dude, he, I mean, he 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 would he would be. The Vikings would be all in, obviously, on a fifth-year option. And that's the thing. That's that's the whole dilemma with running backs is if you get them on a five-year deal, the majority of them are coming out at 21. So you get them to 26. Like, that's incredible. So, like, the whole thing we've talked about in the past, like, do you draft running backs in the first? Do you not? The benefit is that you get them on their rookie deal and you get to pick up their fifth-year option. So you get them really cheap for the for the best five years probably of their career, so, right? So. Bill Belichick did that recently. Bill Belichick sitting at third pick of the second round. Yep. Uh, sees Sony Michelle sitting there at 31, trades back in, just moves up four spots. And, and on paper, you're like, okay, but he was he's like the sixth best, seventh best player on the board at that time. Nobody else has positional need, but it was literally just for that. You move up four spots. It costs you almost nothing in draft capital. And now if Sony Michelle's a hit, you get one more year of control. Sure. So what's the, what, what's one of the best like trade up, uh, moves you've seen where where a team snagged the first rounder just so they can get their fir- fifth year option. I, I I think it's definitive at this point. I'd love to hear this. What if you have a definitive? I, I mean, I, nothing's jumping out at me. <sighs> Lamar Jackson. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was such a what uh, Ozzy. Yeah. One of his last moves. Um, just genius. If, if if you think about it, like he's only on his second year. So they got him at the very end of the first round. So they're paying him literally bare minimum for first rounders. And they will have the MVP yeah. in his second year for five years. I, I thought that move was just absolutely genius. And then what you get to do at that point is you get to start talking year three about an extension. And you can leverage and, and bring that average annual salary down because you dangle, hey, extra two years at a higher rate now, today. And then you can bring that average down on a seven-year deal or six-year deal, whatever the case may be. I mean, Mahomes is not being paid market value on his brand-new shiny deal. We don't even know what market value is for Mahomes. I mean, he's going to redefine So it's it's hard. It's hard in a cap. It's not like we can say, oh, Mike Trout's worth $45 million because there's a salary cap. And and how much do you want to hamper and handcuff your team? Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. In so many ways. I can't. I, and the thing is, like, that's so crazy that you can just make a statement like that. And then I sit here and I'm like, what's my, what's my argument? <laughs> what's, what's my counter? Any, anything it would be circumstantial based on my feelings. He does literally everything. He's squeaky clean as a person. That's, and that, that, that's the so crazy thing. Did you see uh, a random NFL executive leaked that um, as soon as the NFL saw that he joined in on this late in that protest video? Uh, that the, the NFL knew that they had to give in. It was like, there's no way around it. Like, that's it. That's, 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 that's the straw. That oh, that's been back. a big story all week. Yeah. Which is, he's the face. It's shameful 
that it's, Patrick it's Mahomes had to Patrick step Mahomes. up for them yeah. for them to like join that cause. It's crazy. Yep. And awkward on you know Patrick Mahomes. Dude, Patrick Mahomes is the whitest black quarterback in the league. Well, no, I'm sorry, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as as soon as as soon as I saw that and I saw oh my oh shit, fucking Pat Mahomes like. This is it. This is this is the time that something's going to happen. It's embarrassing for the NFL. They can ignore that, Odell yeah. Beckham, call him a diva. They can ignore some of the marginalized players who play positions that aren't that valuable. But if Patrick fucking Mahomes, reigning MVP and champ, Super Bowl champ, gets on there and says, "Hey, uh, this shit needs to stop," like they had no, they had no choice at that point. Nope. And it's pathetic that they had to be back around the corner like that. And who's the tight end that you were talking about that um, was trying to? Uh, say they were wide receiver for Jimmy Graham. So Jimmy Graham. So my question for you guys is who in our fantasy league gets fooled again by Jimmy Graham this year? Has Newman written all over it. <laughs> no, Kevin, Kevin, all yeah, it could be. Kevin, he's, Kevin, he's got a match with his, uh, with, the, with his, uh, he, he I might, can see Robbie doing it. Yeah. Did you notice that though? Every year since he left new Orleans, there's always a guy in your fantasy league. And dude, there's always fantasy writers. Let's not, Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair. There's always fancy writers. Last year, he was supposed to be this top five tight end. And I immediately was like, what? Where is everybody getting this from? He's been the same guy he's especially, been. Especially when he was in Green Bay. I was like, there's no such thing as a top five tight end in Green Bay. Right. Like, Aaron Rodgers his first ends. year in Seattle. I took him as first. As soon as he left oh, New for Orleans, sure. That I was excusable. I'll, Everybody I'll, did. First year in Seattle, that, that's a pass. It was Russell Wilson. It's a run heavy yeah. play, you know, play, play fake offense. That's okay. Well, you know what's crazy about that is Russell Wilson is prolific throwing the tight ends. So yeah. how, how bad is Jimmy yeah. Graham? Because... Remember this year? I don't even remember who his starter was, but uh, he got hurt. I'm gonna tell you who who made the big splash. It was the uh, what's his face that we, got, we left that left New England is is who had the big fantasy impact once once that injury happened. I can't remember. Oh, I'm like he the first Nobody. tight end out of the gates was one of the best tight ends of the league, and then he got hurt, and yeah. then his next tight end was one of the best tight ends of the league, and then he got hurt, and then there was this random guy that was undrafted. And he was very productive the rest of the year. So Russell Wilson is good at throwing to running or tight ends. I don't understand why Jimmy Graham was so bad up there. It was so bizarre. Yeah. I, I it was almost like New Orleans knew something about him that nobody else did. It's bizarre. That wouldn't be surprising <laughs> to me though. Yeah. So, I'm always, I'm always weary when guys leave somewhere like New England or New Orleans or um, Baltimore, even, you know, with, when you talk about Ozzy um, when he was there, like guys that leave well-established, Good, well-run organization. If a guy, left, if a linebacker left Pittsburgh, I'd be like, "What the fuck's wrong with him?" Right. Like <laughs> James yeah. Harrison in Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I couldn't what? even see the field. Yeah, I'd be like, "What? What's wrong with this guy?" So last year it was. Uh, let's keep it on fantasy for a second. Yeah. Um. Because, uh, dude, I'm just so excited about fantasy football this year. Yeah. Last um, year was Jacob Hollister. We were talking about this in our group chat the other day. Uh, in terms of running backs. Uh, last year is a slam dunk. You take Saquon. Well, Saquon had a really disappointing year. CMC clearly ran the show last year. So going into this year, um, you, you, you're, you're number one on the board. Who are you taking, CMC or Saquon? Let's go around the room and, and uh, tell you why. Let's start off with the booth. I think I'm still taking CMC. CMC? I, I, I think I like the workload there. Uh, I think he's proven. You know, he's handled, he's handled himself. Uh, he's stayed relatively healthy. Uh, you know, he's pass catching, he's elusive, he's agile. Uh, I think I'm wrong with CMC. All right. This one, this one's tough because I have this like unfounded, uh, just thought in my head that, that McCaffrey is injury prone, even though he's shown no signs of that. Um, just based on, you know, the number and the weight column just makes me leery. 
Um, but at the same time, Teddy Bridgewater is going to check the ball down. He's going to get a lot of catches out of the backfield. And it's it's not like this all of a sudden this year, you're like, okay, well, they're going to stack the box against him because they stacked the box against him last year. And he still put up those numbers. I, I think it, McCaffrey on an edge, but I, I don't think you can go wrong in that situation. Yeah, I'm happy either one of those. Yeah, I'm going with CMC, too. Um, for a number of different factors, I actually like the NFC East defense uh, a little bit better, and I think the Panthers are going to be playing from behind a lot. Um, so there's going to be a lot of yards and a lot of touches. There's going to be a lot of shootouts, uh, for sure. A and lot it, of shootouts in, in the NFC South. So but a number of kind of different factors. Um, but, yeah, that's why I'm taking CMC. So I'm, I'm definitely taking Saquon. Um, to me, there's a lot of factors going on. First of all, CMC is moving systems. So he's changing systems. That's always Fair. interesting. Um, and uh, you're right. There was a check down guy. Uh, they have a check down guy in Teddy Bridgewater, but who knows? You know, who, who knows? Um, they brought that guy in uh, for a reason. Maybe that offense is going to be a little bit different. I, I'm not I'm not really sure. I'm in these cases when there's some uncertainties, I always bet on talent and I have not seen a running back like Saquon Barkley since Adrian Peterson. Um, I think historically he'll be a a top five back when it's all said and done. That's just how highly I think of the guy. Um, Do I love Christian McCaffrey? Absolutely. He's going to be a great back. Is he white and tiny? Yes. (laughs) So I'm worried about that. Do you trust Danny Dimes? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I like his talent. I kind of like him too, in a weird way. I hated him going into last year. I wrote an article about it. Yeah. No, you did. Pretty short article. And I, (laughs) yeah, I, I'm so torn on him because it's like the, there's a fine line between, uh, ice in your veins and just like comatose. And I wasn't sure which side he was on. And I think it's ice in his veins. Like he seems to be a gamer. He seems to step up. Um, but man, they went from Eli to that guy, and it's just it's it's flatline all the way. It's like, are you? And that's so are you, hard. And are you here? Market. Yeah. Now, do you think the Giants still stand with their first round pick? Danny Dimes. What? Do you, what? The guy we're talking about right now yeah. saying is, is good. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, oh, gotcha. I, I read, read the, the room wrong. Sorry, dude. Daniel, this is great. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Jones is. Uh, I I I think I'm wrong about him. Maybe I'm not. I, I don't know. It's weird because he's looked so good in some games last year. That, it's kind of what I'm saying is I, I've, I've seen plenty of games where, you know, he, he, he showed promise. He showed poise, but I've seen plenty bad off him. And then, you know, still grabbing, you know, in the first time making a splash on him, you know, coming in. I just I don't know if I would still stand by that pick is kind of what I meant by that. Oh, I see you're saying. Like, yeah. Do they regret that pick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's super athletic, which is something I was that just I didn't say really that. know. So I was just going to say, that I, I love pass first quarterbacks who have like, and this is a stat I use as kind of a, 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 a kind of a figure of speech because I think a lot of people would get the reference like 70 Madden speed, like enough speed where you're not going to get yourself trouble and, and want to run first. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like Alex Smith. Exactly. So I was Alex, say Smith Alex Smith throughout his whole career I was, was say, 72. I was going to say Marcus isn't here so I can I talk good say, about Alex Smith. Where's Marcus? Um, <laughs> it, it's it's enough speed to, to be able to get out of the pocket, to extend the play, to, to run for a first down when the defense turns their back and man, but not enough speed that you're Michael Vick and pulling the ball down as soon as your first read's not there. It's to me like the perfect quarterback athleticism. I agree. Yeah. 
I love it. And he has it. It's him. It's, it's, it's Allen. Uh, there, there's a couple guys that have it. And Russell Wilson isn't blazingly fast, or at least what he puts out. You know, I, I, he's always got his eyes up looking to throw the ball, he's, but he's fast enough. No, Russell Wilson's a bad example because Russell Wilson ran a very fast 40 time. Um, but I'm talking about game speed. His eyes are up. He's not. Patrick he's Mahomes not, is the better example. Pat is four, another great example. Four, four eight. Yep. Four eight speed, but when you see Patrick Mahomes on the field, he does not look like he's no. four eight speed. Even uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is like seventy five Madden speed. Give me that, give me that seventy to seventy five range. That's what I'm all about. Let it be a weapon, but but not something that people are thinking about. One hundred percent. Yeah, I like that Madden's our me- measuring tool. I thought it was good. I thought I thought, I thought everybody <laughs> I like would that. would get that reference. Yeah. Like we all played enough. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. like, that that oh, quarterback yeah. was seventy I'm speed. Picking up what you're throwing down. Yeah, Easy. man. It's like you're doing the uh, the draft analysis and your mm-hmm. franchise, and you see that that guy show up six five, two forty. A plus arm strength, B minus speed. Yeah. Here's like, nice oh my sexy. god, I'm trading up. <laughs> Let me get that six five. You're just watching the stories about him and 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 uh, what's his face is <laughs> going crazy in the fake tweets that they put up there. It's great. Oh, I love it, dude. <laughs> Played some mad Madden franchise mode in college. We we might oh, need yes. a, a sports memory uh, franchise. Madden franchise, and we can keep uh, people posted on that. I kind of like that. Keep tabs, yeah. You know what, though? We tried it like a year and a half ago with with me, you, and Marcus. And as it turns out, my four-year hiatus from Madden, I suck balls now. (laughs) (laughs) I took four years off Madden. I didn't play it at all. I do remember that. When I came back, I sucked. And I was so good before I left. But I... I don't think I could ever get it back. Did I give it a chance? No. I lost like three times. I'm like, ah, I'm done with the game. But, yeah, uh, fuck it. you know. But let's move it on. So Zion. NBA is definitely going to be restarting or almost definitely going to be restarting. Um, Zion Williamson, a guy that's always kind of struggled with his weight. I don't know about you guys. I've packed on a few LBs. Weirdly, Derek's lost some weight, which is very bizarre. Um, but I I think the majority of Americans have have packed on quite a few LBs. I am one of those. How, how what is Zion Williams going to going to look like when the NBA resumes? Um, fat Thor. Yeah. He's going to be a little Definitely heavy. Fat Thor 100%. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a good, I like that. Yeah. Because he he kind of already had that like I've never seen a guy who's such a physical specimen has so much baby fat still. Yes. Um I think Fat Thor is great when you see him in the last scene as as you know they're they're facing off against Thanos. And he's like ripped from like the nipples up, but <laughs> the <laughs> nipples then, up. And then he has that like beer belly still. Like I yep. think that's great. That's awesome, dude. And Zion William, he he would be a guy that could have a six pack and be like two seventy. Oh yeah. Like if you're seeing one of these guys and they're like fat, but you're, you can still just tell like man, you're like a chiseled fat guy. Yeah. Zion's definitely like one of those like chiseled fat guys. But no, that guy. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just just in sports general. As they, as they start resuming, you know, especially in the NBA where they were uncertain if they were ever going to come back. So maybe they thought they were in the offseason. Like, how out of shape are some of these players going to come in on? I, I think it's really interesting. Hockey? You know what I'm saying? Like, you stop a season, then all of a sudden you jump started again? Like, how out of shape are some of those guys? Some of those guys live in, like, the frigid, well, I guess it's it's summer, but even in March, yeah. you know, in Canada, it's cold as shit. So and, like, and I don't think people realize, like, the cardiovascular fitness of, of a hockey player in the middle of a season like that's that's hard to maintain when you're with your wife and kids back home and there's not any games like you need i feel like you need competition to drive that you need other players to drive that you need training staff to drive that when you're by yourself on a Nordic track in your basement like that's that's tough to keep up 
So they had Sabonis on ESPN Radio Indy, and the reason he wanted to make the All-Star game so bad, because he said, like, literally taking a week off of playing games gets you out of shape. Yeah. Like, he, he was saying one week of not playing games. We're approaching three-plus months yeah. of not playing games. You can't simulate no. playing, whether, it, whether it's hockey or football or, or basketball, regardless. That's a different kind of shape. Um, so I, I think injuries are going to be high and I think bellies are going to be big. Yeah. I mean, I can, I, I've never played hockey, but like, even I, I remember football, man, you get, you, you'd get back to playing, uh, in, in the first week, like, I, mean, I played football my entire life, but that, that helmet still felt alien the first week, you're like moving around. You're like, you feel like a bobblehead and it's just uncomfortable. And then like a weekend you're like, okay, like, you know, this isn't, this is normal again. I can only imagine on that scale when the, you have to get to that kind of peak physical condition that, you know, just human beings aren't supposed to be at. Like these guys are just freaks, especially like a, a guy like Zion who already has soft tissue issues. He's had a knee injury. Oh, yeah. He's blowing out of, of tennis shoes. And that's when he's in great shape. Like you, you put a little chub on that, a little extra weight on that. Like I, I'd be worried about his health. All right, guys, we're going to do our first fan bush of the week. Yeah, let's do it. And this is very likely not to be picked up. This is literally from a person a follower of ours that actually sent us one of his friends' phone numbers. We didn't think if anyone was actually going to do this. Do we know who this guy roots for? Like what teams? Oh, I will read you his comment right oh, before we perfect. call because it is fabulous. I'm so excited. Um, this guy's probably not going to pick up because I did do a little star six, seven action. So it's going to come in restricted oh. uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, I love you guys, whoever the fuck's listening, but I don't want you to know my phone number. We got to get uh, one of those programs that, like spoofs a fake number. All right, so right before I call this, let me just go. <laughs> the person's not going to probably pick up, but this is a really funny DM that we got. So all it says is Blake and then a phone number, which I won't say. He's a Cowboys fan, and we'll probably blow Dak and let him finish <laughs> all over his face. <laughs> yes. That has to be our first question. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I know that. The guy's name, I guess I'll keep it to his to his first. Here we go. Blake. You're our first outside. Oh shit. It's not connected to Bluetooth. <laughs> Man. Ooh. You have the technology. Yeah. Ooh. All right. I'll remedy this. But uh and what's the name of the person? Talk nominated? amongst yourselves. <laughs> what's the, what's the name of the person that nominated? Uh, we're calling Blake. We're calling Blake, Blake. and the person that set him up is Jude. So okay. I should be now connected. So let's try hey, this. Boomer game. Forbes, do you know how to work a damn phone? I know, no? dude. Oh my gosh, travesty! You should hear it. All right, here we go. If he doesn't pick up, let's leave a message. I was really hoping he was going to answer. Me too. Please leave your message for... All right. Blake. I'll, I'll leave it. Hi, Blake. Um, this is Walter. Uh, listen, um, you know me from the past. Uh, I was sitting here and I was watching the news and I heard that... Listen, buddy, we can't carry Confederate flags and... 
NASCAR games anymore. Um, I don't know. I was just, I just, I figured I might as well just come out with it. But Blake, you were the first one to call, and you know why. You know those times we spend that bar with them Confederate flags and what they meant to us. You know the bar I'm talking about. The bar we didn't want our wives knowing about. But Blake, I just wanted to let you know about that Confederate flag. Okay? Listen, buddy. If you need anybody to talk to about this, give me a call. You know the number. I'm in jail. Bye. So that got broke back real fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Woo. All right. You got me hot and heavy there, buddy. Straight. I don't know if that's legal or not. I'm not, I'm, I'm not confident. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. All right. So I was thinking here the whole time. I was like, man, I should just, I should just add a uh, phone line onto my, my existing plan. And we'll just have a like a just a, a dedicated <laughs> burner for this. Yeah. Well, you know, easy it is to trace a phone number back to a person though. <laughs> Whatever. Almost all the time you can find addresses, which is why I'm not. I'll put under a shell that. account for sure. But anyways, fan bush. <laughs> a lot of these <laughs> fan bushes are going awry. I don't know about the concept, but yeah. I do know about it a lot. I do like it. <laughs> I do like it. We should probably check on some of the legality of it, but yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Should almost have the, I think uh, if we just keep it to our networks, we we all know. What if uh, what if what, 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 what if we what if we had our our followers that nominated people like three way us in? Ah, yeah, that, dude, that's that's actually a good idea. But then we'd have to call them. Yeah, but then I don't know. Is it? Are, do you trust random people that DM us? That's that's a, that's a <laughs> no. good point. That's, no, that's a great point. If anyone uh, actually saw our DMs, no. So no. speaking. <laughs> Speaking of Zion, um, there's some big news out of Duke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Some colossal news. Um, right. What do you got for us? Who knows the most about this situation? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on this one because uh, you know college basketball is my second favorite sport behind behind the NFL. Oh, I thought so, you said WWE. <laughs> WWE, not a fucking chance. Um, but yeah, so a former marketing agent and I'm air quoting marketing agent, cause who knows what that, that really means is showing bank st- statements, receipts, and records of Zion's parents buying, um, getting impermissible benefits. And this marketing agent is direct can also has emails, uh, attached to the Duke athletic department. Um, so it's clearly a, a blackmail scheme by this marketing agent, um, kind of similar to what took down Louisville. Um, if anyone remembers that the prostitute ring, the prostitute didn't care if she got in trouble. She just, you know, wanted to expose Louisville. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what this marketing agent is doing is, is blackmailing and she can definitely go, go to jail for this. Um, but the, the big question that's everyone saying is, could this be the thing that finally takes down Duke? And kind of the hot buzz on message boards is, does Coach K retire before this happens? Um, a lot of coaches do this. A lot of coaches get out before the, the sanctions actually come down. Um, so Zion, I don't believe, has made a statement. This is kind of only broke this week, so it's still fairly new. And um, But the bank statements are very real. Like, it looks like an online bank statement. Um, and it's, it's pretty fucking serious. That sounds so. Why aren't, why aren't we just directly paying players yet? <laughs> <laughs> For real though, 
end this shit. Right. Why not just level the playing field for every school? And then, I mean, it's just like any activity, and this is the true with, with, with drugs, alcohol, anything, anything you drive underground gets way more nefarious and way shadier and way more out of control than if you were to like, you know, make it legal and regulate it for sure. So I don't understand like why, why aren't we just paying players yet? Well, so my favorite, one of my favorite people that have come out and commented on paying for players is Pete Carroll, who had a lot of really strong opinions about what? players not being paid and how conceptually it wouldn't work. Right. Um, Which is hilarious. Under, it, just it's, knowing. It's insane. Right. With like, we don't, we don't even know. We still don't even know how far that went and all the people that weren't exposed. But Reggie Bush, probably the greatest running back in college football history. I mean, like, he was com- almost had his entire career ruined over it. Yeah. Like ridiculous strip of the Heisman. I don't think that's ever happened before. No. It's the only time that's ever happened. So for Pete Carroll to come out who Reggie Bush played under and to say that is just ridiculous, but you're right. Remove the incentive for people to cheat and they won't cheat anymore. Yeah. I, I, LeBron James is adamant. He hates the NCAA. Um, he's I mean, probably that's, a, that's been, an easy position. He, to I'm take surprised he hasn't outed saying. schools, but he's famous about saying like, Literally, colleges couldn't pay me enough to stay. Like, he was getting money from colleges, and he said, like, you guys can't pay me enough. You can just keep paying me if you want. Um, LeBron James, uh, his son won't play in the NCAA. Um, and he hates it. So, I, you know, I, I think if it ever changes, it's going to be because of players like LeBron James. The NCAA is never going to do it. it it's going to be outcry from the focal figures like a Reggie Bush, like a LeBron James that makes that change ever, ever happen. How much would you have loved to seen LeBron though in college? Oh, dude. I mean, Carmelo was amazing. And Carmelo yes. was probably one of the best one and done players ever. His run at Syracuse and then the NCAA was, unreal. was something of magic. Um, so oh, LeBron James, would have, he may have went undefeated. Like he may have went 36 and 0. And so, broken the IU record. So is Carmelo your favorite one and done? Let, let, let's go. Let's go around. And see who's everyone's favorite one and done. Carmelo for you. Anthony Davis is probably the most. Like Anthony Davis was insane. He Lights led out. Kentucky to an undefeated record. They lost in the. That was a really four. good team. A that was a really, really good team. Like yeah. one of the one of the best teams I've ever seen. And it was crazy. It's crazy because that's almost the only way that Calipari can can get it done. It's crazy. Oh, he, yeah. He's a mediocre coach, elite recruiter, just an absolute, I mean, lights out, definitely nefarious recruiter. Speaking of yeah. like guys that will eventually get brought under, like how many, how many wives does that motherfucker have? You know what I'm saying? Oh, like that. He got, he, he should have went down at Memphis. Like 100% Derek Rose's SAT scores, yes. like on top of paying Derek Rose, he faked Derek Rose's SAT. But what did he do? He left Memphis before before it went down. So, yeah. Um, but Anthony Davis is probably my uh, most fun one and done. Can I, can I go for probably two? Can I go for a deep cut? Yeah, Greg Oden. Yeah, dude, for real though, Greg Oden was ridiculous. So, uh, Greg Oden's story. I, I was playing in a, in a franchise, just some, some random people I met online, some friends, or whatever, in an NBA two K. Uh, this had to be like 12 franchise or 13 tri- franchise, whatever year Greg Oden was like his, his third year in the league or whatever. Um, I'm si- so I'm sitting here going through all the rules and everything uh, on this league. And the one guy's like a big D Rose fan. And, and, and he, I think he, they decided that, you know, injuries are too random. Like let's turn injuries off. Like, great. Let's turn injuries off. 
First thing I do, I, in the third round, out of nowhere, I scroll down to Greg Oden. Like, no injuries on. Uh, Greg Oden's the best player in basketball. Like, <laughs> like absolutely. And my, just dominated that league because I, I was like, mm, deep cut here. Let's go down to uh, this 55 overall Greg Oden, who he, he had like a 30 injury. But besides that, he's a stud. Yeah, I'm, I'm the least humble person in the world for anyone that knows me. Um, <laughs> my Greg Oden story is he blocked my shot in an AAU tournament. Nice. into the third row of the stands. Really? Um, my, my AAU coach had this great idea of look, cause Mike Conley and Greg Oden went to the same high school and they also played on the same AAU team. So my brilliant AAU coach got this idea of like, let's get Greg Oden into foul trouble. So the <laughs> first play they run the center to set a screen for me at the elbow. And I just go in like a bowling ball. He pivots one step, right. And punts or just slaps my ball <laughs> like a volleyball, like forty feet. It was super embarrassing. Can you imagine yeah. Brandon charging Greg no, Oden? I can't. Is that is that the best? <laughs> is that the best athlete you ever played against? That's yes, a damn is. good athlete. Um, I also I was a cornerback against Jeff Samarja, who was probably sure. one of the most impressive athletes I also played against. Sure. He was a wide receiver at Valpo. And casually throws ninety seven. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> he's such a bad pitcher, but he's get, he'll always be in the league as long as he can throw over 95. There's 97 eats a lot of innings. You need you need that fifth guy who can eat, you just eat a lot of innings. Yeah, but dude, when's the last time you've seen him with a, like a sub 5-5 five, five no, ERA? He, I think, yeah, his career ERA is like, I think like 5-1. He's not, not good. All right, guys. So there aren't a lot of sports going on right now, but we're going to shift it away from sports. Um, this is something we've been doing recently, uh, which is we don't have any fucking sports to talk about, folks. Uh, and we don't really have a lot of great shows to talk about. So we're going to go back to a time when the shows were still, you know, um, well, I guess we're going to go to a time when when great shows ended terribly. We're going to talk about the Game of Thrones final season. So, uh, just just around the horn, did anyone actually did anyone like the final season? I mean, I guess I should ask that. Um, there were moments I liked. There there were episodes yeah. I liked. Specifically, what moments? Uh, anything Miguel Sapochnik related? <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, those are the highlights of that that season. And there was episode three and episode five that he directed. Um, so anything, anytime there's a big battle scene, uh, it, it was Sapochnik and that was to me the peak of that season. So it's kind of a, kind of an obscure reference. So I, I should definitely provide some context, but he's, he was the director of the battle of the bastards, yes. which is unquestionably the greatest, uh, game of Thrones episode of yep. all time. He did the battle of bastards. I think episode three was the long night or something like that. It was the, when the white walkers storm yep. Winterfell. zigzag, Rickon, freaking zigzag. Yeah, dude. So, so, so you like that episode. Um. Yeah, I did. I, I think visually, if they, if they had a major character die, it could have been amazing. I mean, I think the visual was amazing. If if you yeah. had a a smart TV, the sound was, was amazing. It was just Jorah, just, right? They, it was the biggest one that died. He, yeah, he didn't even. It was die. just. I can't remember. He did die at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not big enough for me. I need any more. Yeah, everyone more had plot armor. Like everyone went into this. Like this is fucking Game of Thrones. At least two or three main characters are gonna die. Right. And like a B level character died. Like. Yeah. So I imagined with Brienne being knighted from Jamie going into that battle, I thought we were about to lose Brienne, and I would not have been able to handle my shit. Would you have told us? Because I know you're at the table read for that. Like, were you as <laughs> as, as, a, as part of the cast? Benjamin Stark. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, I probably would have you know, had to leave that out for you. <laughs> so Brandon, uh, 
Brandon looks a lot like Benjamin Stark. Yeah. Mr. Taylor. We actually got two Brandons on, so it's a little bit confusing, but uh no, but like Brandon, what and I'm talking I'm talking to Booth. Um what would you what do you think of what do you think of the M? Uh you know, the first go round, because I, I actually I watched the season a couple of times now, twice. Uh the first time I I felt it was rushed. Uh, you know, like uh like Derek said, there was Episodes I liked, episodes I enjoyed, episodes that I I didn't, moments, you know, that I thought could have been done better. Ultimately, you know, the first go-around, I felt the season was a little rushed, a little short, could have been extended. You know, certain episodes could have been seasons. Look at The Long Night. You know, that that episode, something that built seven seasons to get into, you know, to be cut down to one episode. Um yeah, I just I, I wish there was a little bit more. Now, however, going into the second time I watched it around, uh, I, I I think I I think I gained a little bit more closure on certain points. Yeah. So um, don't worry about spoilers. Touche. A lot a lot of people um, were disappointed because like, oh, I spent all this time watching this show and then it ended so badly, and I'm sitting here thinking. Man, so you watched all the episodes? I did too. Guess yeah. what I also did? I read all the fucking books. Yeah. And we're talking we're talking days, 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 days. Spectacular days because the books are amazing. I have no regrets about that. But like to see it end like that and then to not know how the books will also end is so terrifying to somebody that's invested as much. Will, do you think the books end? Do you think he finishes them? 100%, yeah. Okay. I'm, um, not com- I'm not confident. I no, mean, I, I think the backlash that the show got, I think, is going to scare him into his grave. Oh, it's it's. I, it, I hope he uses that for motivation. He will. The one thing he has going for it's him, gotta is, get it. It's got to end. Is I I don't think it is possible for the books where they are to get anywhere near how the show ended. I it just he's heading in such a different direction. He is. For for better or for worse, he's heading like, in a very different direction. In the books, like Catelyn Stark's still alive, Stoneheart or whatever, so right? You don't even know how that's going to end. Yeah. Um. The last thing that pretty much happened in the books is Jon Snow dies. So yeah, it's not even a guarantee he comes back. Because Jesus, that was my biggest complaint about the show. Is you you go through this whole thing of bringing Jon Snow back. By the way, me and Brandon called it. Yeah, we did. Before it even happened, we talked about it. So many drunken nights at bars and bar and brought Ripple, and we had some doubters, but it was just like, get out of here. My, He's coming back. He's such an important character. Yeah. So the, the it, it was just such a disappointment when Jon Snow really never even materialized at all how, how as this important character because it was it was like this huge twist in the story, according according to the show. Yeah. And then it doesn't even materialize anything. I was so disappointed in that. Dude, I've never been so angry. Because Jon Snow was such a pussy in the second like half of the final season. It was just like, dude, is this guy... Why did he even come back alive? Yeah. He's really not even that important. For, it what was pissed this, like, me off. Whole uh, Azora High... Yeah. For, yes. him, for, him, was, for him to come back from the dead yeah. and not be Azora High yes. is inferior. It's dumb. <laughs> it's yeah. dumb. 
He had to be Azura High because they never deliver on that. They keep talking about the, they, they allude to the prince that was promised a yes. million times yes. and they never deliver on it. And then there's and the, the elements are there. The fire swords there. Mm-hmm. There's so many elements there that they're just like, fuck it. It's like they're putting together like this big extravagant dinner and then they're like, oh, it's like 10 minutes away from being done. Let's just fucking throw the whole thing away. Right. Yeah. It's in, it's it was insane. So I'd, arguably I'm, I'm blanking because I haven't, I was so mad about the end of the season. I haven't watched another episode. I haven't read another article. Who was the other guy that kept getting brought back? He arguably had a better arc than uh, Jon Snow did. Uh, yeah. The one that the uh, Red King kept bringing back. Barbarian. Uh, uh, yeah. Derek Barbarian. Yeah. Bar- or right. Derek. Breadbreak yeah. Barbarian. Breadbreak yeah. Barbarian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you guys know what I'm talking barbarian. about. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Jon Snow. Like, dude, in the, bo- was, well, dude, in the books, he's so important. Mm-hmm. Like, he... He, there's something like they definitely like cast him aside in the book and like make him make it seem that he's really important. And again, yeah, you're right. There's so many things they cast. I mean, they they're like, okay, let's go ahead and cast somebody to be Rhaegar Targaryen, and then never fucking talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what? I, there's so many things they did. Going back to Sir Arthur Dane. I mean, I could watch a whole spinoff of Sir Arthur Dane, yeah, anyways, all day. Um, but for sure, they, they did so many things to like pull in interesting exposition from another area, and then be like. Yeah, but it's just gonna be Daenerys. So like, fuck all this shit. It's just it was. Well, I, I feel like season eight so was, rushed. They just wanted know, out from underneath the project. It totally. They 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 brought very minimal closure to a lot of different you know different different tangles in the web. But they also introduced more that yeah. you know sparked more interest for me. You know, you bring up Arthur. You know, you know, so you know, like there, there's so much that you know. I just I, they, I w- wish they would have added on. To and it. they gave some some prominent characters that played a lot of role in the development of the world such shitty endings like yeah. i know the, the art the, the the actor that played varus like when yes. did you see the video of that so they leaked a video of the table read and when he read it you know and whatever he such like threw, he threw the script down he was pissed yeah so oh, yeah. dumb piss and he's right like varus should not have went out like that 100 no. percent getting fucking so I hate to bring up Barbecued the Confederacy right again, but um, <laughs> that's what, do you know, that's what Benioff and Weiss wanted to get out of Game of Thrones for. They wanted to do like a high man on the castle um, alt history that the Confederates won the Civil War. That's the project they was wanted. That what it was? Oh, I thought I it was for Star Wars. I know. I was for that. Yeah, no, no. Star Wars this stuff. is a fact. What? So, so they, they, it's they, like a man of the got, high castle style. Dude, they got signed up for all sorts of projects. And yeah, they got signed on to that. So after you know that they can't do shit without source material to be presented with that project, how terrifying must that have been for? Which is nothing. Was it, it was HBO yeah. that picked it, it up. It right? was HBO Greenlit. Yeah. It was called The Confederates. And it was about the Confederate Army winning the Civil War, led by Benioff and Weiss. Dude. And that's why they were rushing out of Game of Thrones. Very apropos to bring that up today. Imagine. Right. Wow. I, like, I'm thinking right now, like, think of the landscape of that right now. That show's already canceled. Like, even if it, even yeah, if it yep. got off the ground, yep. that's canceled yep. today. 100%. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> dude, that, I can't ugh. believe it ever. Dude, they, there are scripts out there, fully written scripts for this, because they, they had to project a pilot. So there are scripts for this. Oh my God. The fact that it made it as far as it did is insane. That yeah. just shows the power of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, you did Game of Thrones. Oh, you can do anything. And then they saw the ending and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. Maybe hold up. maybe you shouldn't have control over this very fiery topic. No. So weak. Man. So weak. I, that's just crazy to me. 
Yeah, they even, replaced it with Watchmen. Um, what the what the Confederate slot was gonna be in, um, they replaced it with the show. Well, that was a good move. Instead, it was, which was a which was a good show. Now, what was your least favorite moment of the season? Oh man, it's hard to pick there one. There was many. There was many. I'm gonna go ahead and jump in here. I have so t- I have two. By, I have two. By far the worst part in the entire season is so. The whole story of Game of Thrones is that it's built around this constant struggle for the throne, right? This complex political yes. chessboard. So, so you have, like, the whole thing is about how complex gaining the throne is um, and and how no matter how powerful whoever comes into power is, the throne will always be overtaken. It's literally a metaphor throughout the book. So the throne itself, as described by the book, is one of the most uncomfortable places to sit. And obviously, that's, you know, uh, for a reason. It's so you can never get quite comfortable on the throne. The throne is like this this massive thing. It's, it's, it's all these melted swords. It's ridiculously uncomfortable to sit on, but everybody aspires to it. But you can't stay there for long. And then, after all is said and done, after every thousands of years of history, all it takes to convince these multiple kingdoms is a short speech, like maybe like a minute and a half to two minute speech from a midget. <laughs> uh, granted a very, you know, prolific midget, but a guy who is literally in custody for killing the fucking queen. Right. And his reputation is tarnished by the way. So I after, mean, yeah. after thousands of years of strife, he gives a one and a half minute speech and everybody, every kingdom that has a say in it just goes, you know what? Yeah. And not, and not only that, but at this point, like it's well established. It's not a secret. Like the Lannisters don't have money anymore. Yeah. He's irrelevant at that point. He's a prisoner <laughs> right. at that point. <laughs> right. He's a poor prisoner. He's, he's literally <laughs> sitting there in cuffs and he yeah. gives a speech like in it it's makes a, yeah. no fucking sense. Like the whole story builds up to that. Like you're and it's, it's, it's all about that. If you li- if you actually read the book, George R. R. Martin, he goes into such ridiculous detail about like the, the throne, how uncomfortable it is, how the whole thing is about how you can never stay in power for long. And it always projects towards this, you know, final conclusion where somebody does find a way to stay in power and everyone lives in harmony. And yet, so battles, thousands of lives, millions of lives lost, and then a minute and a half speech. Boom. You know what? You're right. Let's give it to the cripple. Right. That, that was terrible. It's terrible. That's, okay, so that's, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go off topic here. Uh, so, or not off topic, but to a different point. So my favorite part, definitely cool game bowl. Getting that was awesome. Seeing it on screen, uh, seeing it end. That, that was, was cool. your favorite part, though. One of my favorite parts, yeah. It was the only thing that didn't disappoint me. Like, it Funny. delivered and met expectations. Funny enough, one of my least favorite parts Interesting. of this season. So I, I, Interesting. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you so said. So for me, it's just it's because there was an expectation. It wasn't something that they could just adapt because that's the only thing Benioff and Weiss know how to do. It was something they actually had to create based on expectation, and I think it's the one of the few things that delivered anywhere in the realm of what we expected. 
least favorite like why was the golden company even brought into the show <laughs> yeah. like why why do they they're like oh we have this golden company and they like argued about fucking elephants Leg- and we don't even see a goddamn elephant legit, they were such pussies <laughs> legit think they just forgot about it yeah they're like oh shit we we put strickland and and the golden company and then stay away um hmm, fire like it's just <laughs> just absolutely crazy Awful. and then to see Daenerys go mad queen for no fucking reason yeah like and it was they didn't set it up there was no foreshadowing the closest thing you get to foreshadowing is when she turns and you see drogon's wings behind her for like a half second like two minutes before she goes nuts yeah but at least there was evidence of that like yeah the targaryens are crazy so dude, blood, i hate yes. i hated it as well i hated it as well but the targaryens are crazy like that so the flip so a coin thing at that's least the, that's exactly the thing they set up though but it's it's at least it's more understandable than thousands and thousands of years of struggle yeah and then a minute and a half speech resolves it all it was and so only, fucking dumb yeah and especially as as uh resistant as these people are to anything magical supernatural or anything to give it to like this all-seeing third three-eyed raven like what that, w- that would never happen in that real time Exactly. They would more likely cut that dude's head off. Give it to the weirdo. So, <laughs> yeah. so Dubich, let's hear it, man. You, I know you're about to unload. So I'm I'm notorious for not being able to pick one. So I'm going to give two least favorite. Um, but they do tie together. Uh, amazing, beautiful scene between Jamie and Brienne, right? They, they, they actually did that very well. How about the next morning? He just fucking takes off. Yeah. Just like, like. Oh my God! They've they, been they ruined his arc. This he won't, will they, won't they thing, and it's a beautiful moment, right? Yeah. And then they literally ruin it seconds later, and then the it, it, the way they did it was awful. But then um, the way that the brother and sister Cersei and and Jamie die, this whole castle yeah. collapses on them. Then Tyrion finds like four rocks fall on their head, and they're like their body should have never been found. But like three rocks each fall on them and they die, and he's able to like grab their hands and cry. Like, what an awful character! Because Jamie was one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Jamie is, is a character that I hated and then loved by the end of it, which is what you want in a TV show. What you want in a character are he? They ruined Jamie, and then for that that whole the way that whole thing played out just probably made me the most frustrated as, as you can't tell. And I'm glad she died that way, but I'm pissed off that he was in there with her. Agreed. Exactly. You know, but I, I, I felt that kind of played true to Jamie's colors and his dedication to his sister, because, you know, when it comes down to it, he, he's, he's very much drawn to her and I don't, I don't, but, if you, don't but, do but the thing, thing is, if you, cut, if you then, cut then off, don't the, do. if you cut off the last 90 seconds that he's on screen, that's gone. Like he has a complete arc that gets away from her and they're like, eh, 90 seconds fucking back. Like, yeah. this is like, oh, they, they, they walk back and threw away so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and why was Arya there? Does anybody know why Arya yeah. was there with the white horse? Why was she there? Yeah. Just walking around with a concussion. Like it, <laughs> it seemed like it was going to be important in the ninth episode. And then yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. It's like, like who can get me the weed that those guys were smoking for season eight? Because it was just, called it was called greed. Yeah, uh, worse. And then he just like fuck this, we're out of here. It's the worst. HBO. Yeah. So HBO offered them like they said they would like, put up to 12, 12 episodes on the table uh, to finish it out. And like fuck it, we'll do in like seven. Yeah. <laughs> I was at a no, wedding. We I was actually at a wedding on the last night of the uh, yeah a Sunday night wedding and. Everyone was like, 
I know it was the last, it was, it was a season finale and we kind of awkwardly and almost rudely. Now nah, we didn't really, it like started raining and shit. So we uh, abandoned the wedding, went to go watch the season finale. You and I remember to. just being like, what the fuck? You had is to, because at this point, like, let's remember back, like people were leaking full fucking scripts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like spoilers. I had something right. enraged me like that. in quite a while though, that, that was, that was, ugh. I don't even know what to compare that disappointment to. I'll be honest, like it's it, it, not to sound dramatic, but it's definitely put me in a position where like other shows, I'm like cautious about how much I enjoy them because I know at any minute they can I can completely just get fucked. Like just I'm like, oh, I love The Last Kingdom, but like, how are they gonna fuck me on this show? Mm-hmm. Or like uh, Stranger Things, like I can see the writing on the wall. They're gonna fuck that show. Yeah, up. dude, Brennan. So you're only one season in or one episode in, but uh, dude. Keep watching Lost Kingdom. Really excited. No, um, my wife and I were watching it last night, and all because of the Sports Memory podcast. Yeah. Um, I never even considered watching that show, <laughs> um, but I, I heard you guys talking about it, so I, I checked it out. Um, and my wife goes, "Holy shit, this could have been a movie! Like, this is really good. It's great." Um, I burned her on Black Sales because Black Sales was also based on history and with real characters and. That show started off great and then got really, really bad. So I've heard. Um, so that show, um, so the Last Kingdom ties into Vikings, like from the History Channel. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if it's the grandfather of or, or father of. Somehow the Viking characters in that are related to Abba, the the character in have The you, Last Kingdom. Have you guys watched Vikings? I haven't. No. Dude, it is phenomenal. It's, it's going to be my next, my next it's, watch. It's fucking so good. Like, it, it, it really is. It don't let anybody undersell that show to you. It's it's so good. Yeah. Um. It, it gets really weird. Like, seriously, there, there's parts in it where you're kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they almost, you know how some shows tiptoe the line between, like, real and then they, like, almost buy into the mythology of the time? Yeah. This show definitely does that. Because, like, the main character is, like, he's, like, rumored to be the uh, son of Odin. And, like, so at first you're just kind of like, Oh, this is just like mythology. But then there's parts in it where he does things and you're like, Oh wait, maybe he actually is like part God. And then, uh, something happens later. But if you have not seen that show, definitely watch Vikings. It's, it's really good. Um, I would say last kingdom is better, uh, because the, the, uh, just the script, the dialogue, it's more intelligent. It's more real to history for sure. And the guy that 100%. plays Uhtred is so char- like he's just charismatic. He's like he is that role. Like he it's he drives that show. Yeah, but wait until you meet Ragnar in Vikings, dude. He he's okay. he's one of the most intoxicating characters you you'll ever see. He's 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 like the sporadic, um, like gung ho, but like badass. And he always puts himself in the worst situations, and he always comes out like on top. Like he. He's like this fearless warrior, kind of kind of like Uhtred, but almost like way more belligerent and like nice. like like this weirdly confident. It, it, it's it's a fantastic show. How much? Uh, so I, I know you talked about it earlier, Brandon, um, the man in the high castle. I feel like like Joseph Smith kind of drove that show the same way where it's like the, an empathetic, like antihero villain where you're like, mm, I know I should hate this guy. But we can see, like in an in, a, in you know, an alternative reality, he's a good guy. He's he's you know an all American you know guy next door, like you know coach of the little league team. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I had Spe- to speaking of coach of the little league team, did you guys watch the HBO show Outsider? 
yes. with Jason Bateman. Yes, I haven't yet. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Again, I'm, I'm not going to spoil that because that's that's too recent to spoil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jason Bateman is a is a uh, little league coach, and it's a crazy show, dude. It would be really hard to spoil that in a couple sentences, would it not? Think think so about it. Think about it. How hard would it be to spoil that? How many sentences would it take? It would take a lot. You'd, you'd have to, like, kind of give them the scope of the, like, that's not something you could just say, like, something, and it would just, like, spoil everything. Let's do it. Brandon, so the same way we hooked you in The Last Kingdom, hook us on the show. So it's it's typical Stephen King. Uh, it has, it's both a thriller and a horror show but it's way more about the characters it's less about this evil entity and it's more about how the evil entity affects other people's lives um if if you watch the leftovers the leftovers wasn't about two percent leaving it was about how the people were affected um the outsider is definitely in that vein is is this not a plot driven show is this the commercial trailer with like the weird thing in the attic that comes out of like a cave no the out dude the the outshot the outsider uh, one episode in, it already became the highest rated episode in IMDb history. Interesting. Is it is it it's, something that's over or is it still ongoing? It's it's over now. It's and it, it's only one season. It's have, not. Have, it's not. Anything oh, so it's, it's like a mini. It was a limited series. Yeah. Have so. you have you watched the whole thing? Oh yeah. So you say it's <laughs> it's, it's it's typical Stephen King. Is it typical Stephen King in the fact that the ending absolutely blows? Mm. Uh, I, I've, I've read a lot of Stephen King. I don't agree with that. I think he always ends a little soft. He even makes fun of it. If you, in it, when he's in like the store, it's, Oh, there's, I've, I've read this writer or whatever. His, his endings suck. Like the endings are a little soft sometimes. They are. Yeah. For sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes they're brilliant. I mean, I guess when you've, when you've written so many books, it's easy to say, Oh man, he's got 10 books that suck. Like, yeah. But he's like 30 really good books. It's, the only thing <laughs> I'll say is kind of soft. Think, yeah. Yeah. The, it's kind of soft. I will say that even like it, like but the build up, the then, build up is like, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Did you, you got to understand about Stephen King? He 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 writes by the seat of his pants. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that he so in like the seventies or something like that. He had like a horrible drinking problem. He doesn't even remember writing one of his most famous books, Kojo. He literally does. Yeah, he's he's been on record many times. He he was such an alcoholic. He doesn't remember writing a single page of that book. And that's the thing, like. I can't imagine writing like so that drunk back then because, you know, we're talking like pen and pencil or pen and paper typewriter. typewriter. Yeah. There's no spell check. Like how many times have you been like, oh, man, I had to get this this assignment done for school, but I also want to go to the bar. And you just like let spell check crunch it, you through. It, it could be the 80s. <laughs> I could be wrong about that. It That's could be the 80s. Though. I think it is the 80s, but yeah. Oh, OK, still, so maybe still. an early computer. Still, though. still. Yeah. Spell check not was not that good back then. Nope. So, Drew, I got a, I got a quick question uh, just to kind of tie things kind of back to sports, but also stay on the topic. You yeah. said, uh, um, I've never been more disappointed. Are you more disappointed in the Game of Thrones season, last season or every time Kirk Cousins is on primetime? <laughs> Dude, def- man, that's actually, that actually really tough, man. What a question. That's actually really tough. Um. I'm gonna go. Easy I'm gonna go Game of Thrones yep. for sure. That's easy because, answer. Uh, That's for all time. Kirk Cousins is very temporary, uh, and I will Bullshit. never. You think he's gonna win a primetime game? You're always like, "This is gonna be it." Like I like he's playing. Like especially last season, you were like, "He's playing well. We got this game." Because I then, do. I do think there's a level of chance to these streaks. Like I, I think if one or two things happen to any any person's career, maybe they face ridiculously unfortunate circumstances 
I, I don't know. Um, if Mo Lewis doesn't collapse Drew Bledsoe's lung, you may never know who Tom Brady is. Exactly. Dude, 100%. So I think there's an element of chance, and I look at Kirk Cousins, and I say he is not an element of chance. He is actually a ridiculously mediocre quarterback. So in your theory, if some racist asshole doesn't write a Confederate alt history, DB uh, Weiss and Benioff actually finish the show strong and in your hypothetical world of Kirk Cousins could be a good quarterback. Both of those things could be true. (laughs) So I don't even know if you caught my last joke, but I'm basically telling you that I fucking hate Kirk Cousins with (laughs) with all my heart and soul. Yeah. And sometimes I pretend to defend him. I hate him so much. You would not even believe Um, there's one of my favorite writers, uh, Drew Margery. I've actually never heard it. McGarry. McGarry wrote the best article I've ever read in my entire life, which is why the Vikings suck. And it was a 2019 edition. Deadspin needs to do one every year. And uh, (laughs) the best, the best line is it. In, in the entire article is he's literally just ranting and I can feel all of his frustration coming right through the article. It's, it's just beautiful. And he goes human cup of ranch dressing, Kirk cousins. <laughs> so he, he would like break it down. Like your quarterback, your coach, your fans. And uh, your quarterback was human cup of ranch dressing, Kirk cousins, a guy who looks like a human until he tries to smile when he looks like a robot. So uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. He, he's like the, the, the male version android. of those like on like those like android like women that they're like, you know, they're making whatever the yeah. robot. He looks like the, just the male version with hair. Exactly. Oh he always looks like a quarterback in the beta stages of learning to smile. <laughs> like he's like, he's like, hello, can you update my processor? So I may smile like a human <laughs> every what fucking the, time. That's pretty good. One of the best well memes done, we've sir. ever did was when you made Kirk Cousins a wig model. That <laughs> one still cracks me up. I just reposted that recently. Yeah, I saw yeah, it with the, uh, the Brett awesome. Michaels yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> poison wig. Yeah. Who the fuck is that? That model looks exactly <laughs> like Kirk Cousins. That's awesome. I literally took the picture of that wig, too. I was literally walking through. Like That's not, a, that's not an image that I found. I was walking through a costume store, and I was like, that looks like fucking Kirk Cousins. <laughs> So something stuck Click. out to me. We, we mentioned earlier we we're talking about uh, Reggie Bush and, and Drew. Is that your? You said that was. You think he's the best? Is that running back or college football player of all time? I think he's the best college running back I've ever seen. Okay. So so who? I'd be curious to go around in who, my lifetime. Who do you think the best college football player in your lifetime that Tim, you've watched? Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yes, it's a good pick. Yeah. Most dominant player I've ever seen in my life. That's a good pick. Yeah, no, I, I in my notes I have Tim Tebow. Um, yeah. Desmond Howard comes to mind. He he almost won the Heisman as a uh, as a wide receiver, defensive player, returner. He he was yeah. just an absolutely electric player. Um, Tony Dorsett was amazing. I mean, that's me. I'm kind of favoring Pitt, but it's hard to argue Reggie Bush. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Tim Tebow is the most dominant player to ever play the game. Do you realize that there were reports that at one at a one point in UF when he was playing for UF, I think he was a junior, he was bench pressing more than the strongest offensive lineman that they had. He is one of the most bizarre 
freak athletes. His first year when he won a uh, national championship with Chris Leak, he was essentially a fucking running back. Yeah. And, dude, he was one of the most – I'm sorry, fullback. And he was one of the most dominant fullbacks, like, just right off the bat. It was like this guy. Like, everyone's like, oh, Tim Tebow. He broke every single record for Florida quarterback athletics that there is. Like, Tim Tebow's a quarterback? Dude, he was electric in college. What a, what a you playoff could, game! You watched, for the you watched him in person, right? You could not. You oh, one hundred percent. You guys overlapped. One hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Did we overlap? He made my entire college existence a fucking misery. Like I hate that guy so much. He's literally <laughs> the exact same age as me. The exact same age. Born in eighty seven, and. uh he haunted me every year. He was a freshman when he won a national championship with the Chris League. He was a junior when he won their second national championship uh, with the Gators. Fucking ridiculous. The guy was the guy was just I've never seen anything like lights him. out. What about you, Brandon? Is, Who's the uh, the best athlete you've seen in person? In person, um, college player. I saw Justin Fields last year. And holy shit, was just did Justin Fields just absolute absolutely nice. jump off the uh, jump off the page, man? He 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 was the best player in the field, no doubt. Um, a little biased here, um, college player. I went to Indiana University. Tevin Coleman was probably the quickest start after getting the handoff. His acceleration was insane to place seventh in the Heisman voting, playing for Indiana University is insane um he, he is just such a quick first step so my bias is tevin coleman but man justin fields when i saw him last fall holy shit nice booth king do you watch college football in person ever you have know you, have you seen a college uh, football game? <laughs> <laughs> little bit here and there but you know when you guys first you know prop this question up uh you know initially immediately funny enough without taking notes i immediately went to tim tebow just how you know electric yeah. he was? How you know he just? He, it's like he a scary fucking, intensity. Just, like a, it that will just the win. absolutely killed it, you know. And you know, graduating high school and whatnot, and you know, my friends getting into the college years, and you know, friends going to UF, friends going to FSU. You know, this was always in the headlines, and like he was just he he, he was he was the man. Yeah. Um, so one of the you best know, speeches I, I, of all time too. He's a I, good, like his speech after they lost to I think oh, Mississippi yeah. was absolutely incredible. Like yeah. that that motivate that was just well, amazing. Also, you know, how about you know getting drafted and, and you know going to the Broncos and winning a playoff game? Yeah, yeah. fuck you, Booth King. Dude, without even playing quarterback against right. against against who, who, against who, who the Enzas against who the Enzas. How long was that overtime? Did they win against? Was that a long, like, yeah, was that a long, yeah. hard fought can, overtime? Hey, hey, Brister, why don't you remind me one more time they what against? Tebow did with, I believe at the time it was Emmanuel Sanders. Demarius Thomas. Was it, Demar- <clears throat> was it Demarius Thomas that had had that last big play? Yeah. Well, it, you, yeah. you said, yeah. you you said the last play. It was, it was the only play of overtime. Well, let the guy that actually knows what he's talking about finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, again, we were playing, we were putting nine men in the box. Ryan Clark was the, the safety playing uh, about seven yards off the line of scrimmage. And we just assumed based off the other 40 some plays, <laughs> more than that, 60 some plays they ran that game. It was going to be a run play. You and wrong. Demarius Thomas just shrugged Ike Taylor right off like a blanket and was gone. 
Um, awesome. And there was no catching him. And I, I can't believe I didn't break my TV. I didn't believe I didn't turn into a viral video of me just chucking my TV against the wall. I'm convinced it's arguably the most mad I've ever been in a sport. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So my ceiling is much, much lower. I didn't go to a big school and watch a lot of big cultural ball games. Uh, so best person we, we played against Ray Rice my, my first year. Uh, he was dominant, dude. Just a little ball muscle. You couldn't tackle him. I think he put up 255 all purpose yards against us. Um, absolute savage. But again, much lower bar. Like Kenny Britt was good. Dude, Ray Rice in his prime was ridiculous. This was his last NFL. year. I don't remember if it was his junior or senior year. This was his last year at Rutgers, and he was. It was raining. Nobody wanted. Like, nobody could tackle him. He's and, a very similar style running back as like an MG, MGD. Yeah. Um. He he ran a like that that and around the same time where like MGD kind of like revolutionized the back. It was like the super low gravity. But super dense yeah. player, and that can burst. Find him. Yeah, exactly. By the, time, a, by the time you saw him, he was on you, and dude, you had no leverage. A five seven five eight running back in a field of six seven six eight linemen. Yeah, they can just squirt. You know what I'm saying? Like boom, like 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 get the handoff. Boom. So MJD single handedly knocked Peyton Manning out of the playoffs. That that was oh, one yeah. of the like like the culture like fourteen and two that year. And the Chargers were at, I don't know the record, probably 10 and 6, 9 and 7, some very Charger Philip Rivers record. Um, and MJD single handedly beat Peyton Manning. It was incredible. I loved every minute of it. No comment. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all for Philip, uh, for uh, Peyton Manning losing. Yeah. Me too. Fuck that guy. I've turned into such a cult hater since moving to Indianapolis. I mean, as as all three of you know, I can be a pretty big troll and a and a pretty big heel. And I fucking hate the guy. I, I never had any problem with the Colts until I moved here. And now they're my second most hated team behind the Ravens. Well, I wanna I wanna get on record. Um let's let's start on one conference and we'll do another on the next podcast. But I just want to go around the horn. And give me your winners of each each division off off the cusp, whatever. Um, I, I, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, give me only the NFC. So let's start with the NFC. We'll do the AFC uh, next podcast. But uh, let's start with you, Dubich. Uh, go go just go through the uh, divisions and give me what you got. Let's start yeah, with the N- NFC, NFC South. South. NFC South. I would have said Saints. Um, but I think they might be having a little bit of a Green Bay moment where there's there's some turmoil there internally where, um, you know, they don't they maybe don't know if they're going to follow Drew Brees or what that locker room is going to look like. So I think before the most recent events happen, I think it was Saints slam dunk. But uh, I'm going to take a reach here and, and say the say the Bucks win that division. Um, so do you call it a Green Bay moment because the whole locker room hates the quarterback or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just want to make sure. All right. So, clarify. dude, bold prediction: NFC East. NFC East. Um, I. It's Philly and Dallas, but I love what Dallas has done this offseason. Um, you know, despite the the Dak drama, uh, I still I think we go Dallas NFC East. All right. NFC West. NFC West. Um, I think the 49ers are going to have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. That That is very real if you go back and, and look at the teams that lost. Uh, and I just – I I kind of don't like the 49ers much at all anyway. So I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks uh, for the NFC West. 
and NFC North? NFC North, I think, is very, very interesting. Um, again, I think before the draft, I think Green Bay Packers is probably a slam dunk. And I'm not saying this because you're the host of this podcast, but I am going to say the Minnesota Vikings win that division. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, Derek, kick it over to you, Bradley. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the NFC South. I, th- I think the Saints are going to get it done. I think Drew Brees did enough backpedaling and and – um, enough to appease people, and and let's face it, I mean he's still really good at football, and those guys still want to catch footballs. So, I think the Saints are still going to get done. I, I think I, I I could see the Bucks still getting in as a wild card. Uh, they're going to be competitive. I, I I really believe that. Um, but I'm going to stick with the Saints. I'm not going to get too too fancy here. Go to the East. So the East is tough. If if Dak plays, they can resolve something. If if Dak gets on the field, uh, I think the Cowboys did enough in the offseason to improve themselves. If he doesn't, I think that division's wide open. There's a lot of question marks. Is Wentz stay healthy? Does he not stay healthy? Um, is Jalen Hurts any good in the, the no. level? Um, <laughs> or is it kind of a dark horse? Like As much as everybody gave Gettleman a lot of shit last year for his handling of the offseason and the draft and, and free agency and trades and everything, the Giants roster isn't bad. Um, and I, I like Danny Dimes. I like Saquon to have a little bit of a bounce back. So I will say I'm going to – I assume the deck shit gets worked out. I'm going to go Cowboys, but if it was the Giants or Eagles, like I, I could see being Giants. Me too, weirdly. Yeah. Brandon? Uh, you know, I guess uh, starting off NFC South, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd probably still have to give the edge to to the Saints. You know, coming from a Bucks fan, I'm just trying to be realistic Alleged. here. Alleged. <laughs> Alleged, mind you. Um <laughs> You know, I just I, I I think they have a more practice team. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I think they have the, the chemistry together, you know, bringing in a new quarterback, you know, in Brady, bringing in Gronk. You know, there's 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 a lot of excitement to it. Um, the offense is very young for the Bucks. Yes, there's a lot of exciting factors for that. But to say that they're gonna go ahead and outwin the division I, as much as I want to say yes, I just don't know if it's there yet. Now, do I feel that it's a very close, close faction? Yes. Um, so I, I, I give that one to the Saints. Now, the NFC North, um, you know, I, 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 I got to give it to the Vikings. You know, um, I know there's a lot of, a lot of things going on in the free agency right now. And, you know, with Diggs and, you know, Cook holding out and, I just I gotta go. I gotta go where you know where, where my heart lies. Um, NFC East, dude. I fucking hate every fucking team in the East. Don't really pay attention to it. Uh, I'll just, uh, <laughs> I really don't, dude. I really don't. I hate. I hate paying attention. <laughs> it's a to weird it. thing to say before an opinion. No, dude. I just. I hate. I don't it. give a shit about I, it. There's a random I, thing I'm gonna say. I really don't. I really don't. Take it with a grain of salt, dude. I give. I give no shits to the Redskins, to the Eagles, to the Cowboys. Well, who do you think is going to win it? Uh, I'll give it to the Eagles. I'll give okay. it to the Eagles. Fuck all those guys. Uh, and the West? And the West, you know, um, let's go Cardinals. Make splashes. Make plays. <laughs> uh, let's, go, let's go Kyler Murray and let's go D-Hop. I'm with it. 
I'm gonna go Vikings Seahawks for the other two that we didn't uh, get to there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Vikings on defense. I, I think Dalvin they're gonna he's gonna play. There's no way around that. And I, I, I'm a big. I think the the 49ers the Super Bowl hangover is real. Um, their defense is is obviously very good. But a lot of what they a lot of what they did offensively was just creative run scheming. Um, I just put that under the category of gimmicks, and gimmicks don't last in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Niner, I don't think the Niners duplicate. I don't either. Nope. I don't. Going from the south, uh, I'd go the Saints. Yep. I think it's kind of a no-brainer, to be honest. Um, I do think the Bucks will be competitive this year, though. I think they uh, I think they win 10 games. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I said last week, yep. Yep. <laughs> I really do think that, though. Uh, so, in the East, I'm definitely going with the Cowboys. There's really no doubt about it for me. Um, what they did in the draft is ridiculous. They, they brought in so many contributors to this year. Add in the fact that they still have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Um, depending on what happens with the Dak Prescott situation, I think they're going to be really good this year. I like, almost think an Andy Dalton led 16 games of Andy Dalton probably still wins that division. Like for real. Think about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like, even if Dak, something happens to Dak, like Andy Dalton could, that, that team is so good. That team is so good. They have been accumulating talent for too many years to ignore. Now the coach though, McCarthy. That's, that's the thing. So that'll be interesting to see. But um, NFC North, um, I'm definitely going with the Vikings. Uh, I, I, it's undeniable what the Vikings just did in the offseason. We randomly dropped like half of our starters and somehow reloaded with either backups or depth in like the craziest way. Like we still, we still have one of the most ridiculous like safety cores in the league. Um, depending on what happens to Dalvin Cook, we have the best running back duo in the league. We have a consistent quarterback, albeit a guy that I fucking hate at times, and Kirk Cousins. Um, a really potentially good wide receiving core if Jefferson can, you know, develop or or be good his first year. Can we talk about those biceps? Dude, oh my talk like about, talk about the biceps. I to me, the, the trade for Diggs to get Jefferson. We fleeced the fucking Bills. We yeah. did. We tro- but anyways, Vikings for sure. And you talk about Daniel Hunter, though. We, we, can't, we can't go Vikings out. Yeah, my God. Dude, Daniel Hunter is, I mean, Let's talk about the bicep. just absolutely ridiculous. Most prolific edge rusher I've ever seen. An, yeah. And he's still getting into his prime. He's only 25 years old. So he's he, he could get better. It, it is reasonable that a guy at that age could get better. So yeah, anyways. Enough of the jerk off session with the Vikings. Who am I missing? Like West. West. Oh, easy. Seahawks. I I always will bet on Russell Wilson in this situation. Yep. Um, 100%. I fucking love that guy. He's so good. I think that they are actually finally getting a good team together. Um, I'm surprised by the... Uh, dude, D- Metcalf has been good. He's been really good. He has been. He had for for a third round pick. He has been so good his rookie year. Like that's interesting, but okay. So we have him on on record. We can consult this later in the year. I will berate or berate everybody who didn't do well. Excited. Can't wait for you to berate yourself, you 
idiot. Probably. <laughs> probably. That's how it goes. That's very. That's how, very. How, how did those picks go last year again? I'm trying to remember what the that that standings was when we picked them during the pod during the football season. What, wasn't good. I don't remember. Uh, we. I think we all did pretty good. I do remember calling out first game of the season. Jameis Winston leading the leagues in interception. Called it out, Ooh, and there take. is a screenshot hot of take. that. Man, how did you know that was hot. going to happen? <laughs> do you say, have anything do you say. to do with his 12 interceptions through four games? Well, I mean, it was just also first game, but there was a lot of people on this page. Hey, put some re- respect on his name. A lot of pages that were pretty, pretty hot on that motherfucker. According to Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston's one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Well, <laughs> statistically speaking, yes. If you only look at touchdowns and yardage. <laughs> Dude, according to everything, joker. he's got the bravado. Love it. Mmm, more royalty free tracks. Royalty free tracks. Oh. Well, then. You know what time that is. Whenever the royalty free tracks start, <laughs> it's either the start or the end. In this case, it's the end. Thank you so much for joining the Sports Memory Podcast. We promise sports are coming. Sports are coming <laughs> right around the corner. Paul so we'll have, it, right we'll have something street. to talk about. Sports are coming. <laughs> this podcast won't just be 25 to 30 to 40 minute rants on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Please don't unfriend us. No, definitely unfriend us. That's your choice. 